Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, up! Oh, hey, hey, Holly. <laughs> hey, Dave. What is going on today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? Oh, Dave, it's another great day at the What Difference Does It Make podcast, isn't it? I just, you know, we 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 love radio. You know, we've always loved radio, and therefore we love speaking to radio people, which is what we get to do today, right? Yeah, yeah, on our last episode, I threw out to the atmosphere like, oh, maybe we'll talk to someone from the Midwest. I don't know. I guess Ohio isn't exactly the Midwest, but it's, uh, let's say, Mideast. But it's it's close. We've talked to people on the coast. We've talked to Canadians. Now we've got someone in Akron, Ohio. And who is that, Holly? That is Brad Savage, the program director of WAPS, The Summit. Yeah. It's a non-commercial radio station in Akron, Ohio. Brad is, uh, as you will hear, a, a huge music fan. So he was excited to get into our list as we are. He was discovering new music. And uh, I think we discovered a, a few lost classics as well in this list. So we're going to talk about the songs 90 to 81 played on KROQ in 1985. Is that right? That is correct. That is the KROQ year-end chart. Okay. Let's get right into it. This is Brad Savage from the Summit FM in Akron, Ohio, on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. So I'm oh. in the basement. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Basement. We don't have basements. I know. We yeah. don't. I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> Very good. What do you have in your basement? Is it all albums? Oh, it's years of music collecting. Yeah. Not a ton of vinyl. I mean, there's some vinyl, but it's more CDs and movies, you know. Yeah, it's it's a little bit out of control. As I was looking at your bio, like most of the people we've talked to kind of stay in one area. Yeah. You are a true radio guy. So, okay, so you start, you, you grew up in Minnesota, right? Yeah, I grew up there. And then it was like Missouri was kind of my first full-time stop in Columbia, Missouri. And to Madison, Wisconsin and Ann Arbor, Michigan. Then to Charlottesville for almost 10 years. And I've been here for six years, though. It's harder to move nowadays. So yeah. I don't want to yeah. do that again anytime soon. You couldn't move any further west than Missouri. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. And Akron's been great for you, it sounds like. It really has. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice move into the non-com radio world. You know, what drove me wanting to come here was, you know, even more 
creative freedom and programming freedom and, you know, reaching people that care about music, you know, that, that want to be challenged, at least to some degree. Moving from city to city, have, what's unique about Akron, let's say, let's just say from uh, what well, you've discovered? You no, know, it, it's been, it's interesting because, so Akron, Canton, Youngstown, between, and that's just south of Cleveland. But between those three, there's about a million people across those three cities. So it's a pretty sizable area. And, you know, the big difference has been at the corner in Charlottesville. I feel like it was, you know, we were a commercial station. I was able to take some musical risks and be fairly edgy. But I feel like it had more of an overall place in the larger radio market. Like you could reach, you, you felt like you were reaching maybe more people, but they weren't as engaged. They weren't as much music people. And the difference with public video is, like, it doesn't... So in Charlottesville, we kind of felt like, almost like a hot AC usership sometimes. Like, you know, a real cross-section of people that weren't music heads, but they tuned to our station. And here, we don't really get that as much, but there's a lot more interaction about what we do play and what the station means to people. You know, it's, it's generally people that are excited to hear something new and different. It's a balancing act in each city, kind of feeling what a sense of each city is like. I always felt like with a, a non-com, uh, as a listener, not as a radio person, obviously the listeners are more passionate and you're a target for them as opposed to, you know, just flip, you know, flipping around the dial. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's even more appointment listening or like yeah. you're a built-in part of the day and they just anticipate and expect you there. Whereas it was, a yeah, there were definitely more instances of, you know, maybe shorter time frame listening and we could get people excited about new songs at my previous stops. But, you know, but here they've almost built a trust with me and with the brand and with the station. You know, if we want to do something kind of left to center, they'll, they'll roll with it and see what we come up with. We do a, a theme each night at 7 p.m. called 7 o'clock special. And so it's, a, it's just a different theme every night in music. And like tonight's show is 60s Garage and the Nuggets era and like the Roots of Punk and like I couldn't have gotten away with a whole hour of that back in Virginia. I could have yeah. picked one or two songs maybe and done a featurette. But like here, you know, we pre-promote all day. Like, listen for the 60s Garage Hour tonight. It's a special theme and you'll hear the Sonics and you'll hear a Psychotic Reaction by Count Five and all this crazy stuff. So it's it's pretty great. It's, it's nice reaching that community of people that, you know, that have an affinity for just the medium of, of radio and the music. And that's so rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's clearly you as, as yeah, a, who's totally. a, a huge fan and you love the themes. And I've, I've just been yep. reading about your, your new uh, venture. Can you tell me about ham radio? And I don't understand this really. Well, plain yeah, it. it's, <laughs> this is so strange. So I have to credit my radio friend who works in Alaska, in McGrath, Alaska. His name's Paul Walker. And he's at this awesome public station up there, KSKO. So around the holidays, he announces on his social media that he's doing this simulcast of his request show on shortwave radio on this station, WRMI shortwave. I'm like, wait, 
how do you do that? You can do that? How can you do that? So anyway, I started talking to him. and I had listened to shortwave and had a shortwave radio growing up and liked tuning in from all over the world. Well, long story short, so the signals are kind of, they're high power. They're like 100,000 watts, many of them, or even more. And they just cover hundreds and thousands of miles across countries, borders, and they'll bounce across the ocean in some cases. And I don't totally understand the (laughs) tech side of it or whatever, but there are stations that are essentially like, you know, time brokers where you can sign up for to broadcast your own show and send it to them and they'll put it out on various frequencies that they operate. So there's only a handful. There's probably about 12 or so shortwave operators in the U.S. You know, you give out your email address and that's part of the geekery of it is you say, give us your reception report, drop us a line. A guy from, he said he was on a riverboat rafting in Peru and out in the middle of nowhere with his shortwave radio and he was like on a holiday or something and he, it took a few days and he was back to civilization and he goes, yeah, I was listening on the Yucayali River in Peru, <laughs> way out in the middle of nowhere. That's really fun. That's <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. Right. Yes. All right. And so tell us, what it, what is your theme? What, it, what are you doing here? The, the show that I invented during the pandemic on the summit on my home base station, and it's a special show called Cruise in the Decades. And the idea is we pick one song from every decade of recorded popular music history. So we actually go back and start in the 1910s and then the 1920s and then the 1930s and the 40s. So it's one song per decade up to the 2020s. So it's 100 years of music. And I intentionally mix it up. So it's like we'll do like a 20s jazz and then a 30s blues and then a late 40s R&B, like a roots of rock and roll type song. So I'm trying to hit different sounds and styles, but it's kind of from a triple A AAA or a rock listener viewpoint. So I, I'll intentionally grab like, you know, original, like I played uh, Robert Johnson uh, Crossroads, which was covered by Cream or like, you know, stuff that people kind of know from music, from more recent music, but go back and find the original versions and things like that. When the, the Radio Miami WRMI people were like, what kind of show do you want to do? That's what kind of hit me as being just funky enough and being a one hour concept, you know, where you can pick one song per decade. So we call it cruising the decades. We do it on Friday afternoons on the summit and it's gotten such interesting curiosity that I thought that might get some interest, you know, from people just scanning the dial and, and at least each, you know, at least one song should hopefully appeal to, to, to everybody, you know, depending on their age group and the decades covered and everything. It's going over all right. You know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> on Facebook, you're always posting, like you're going down the rabbit hole for like, you know, whatever, some sort of theme or some sort yep. of band. Yeah, you do that well, a lot. So I have a, I have a feature called Sorry, Not Sorry. Each, each <laughs> it's just a one song thing at 4 p.m. And the idea is to find an, uh, you know, a forgotten, oh, wow, kind of song like that. So that is often 80s or even 90s or 2000s at this point. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could kind of be anything. But, yeah, I love, like, obscure 
cool classic 80s stuff because that's when I was listening to top 40 radio growing up in Minnesota. Yeah. So what was your station of choice? What'd you, uh, what were you listening to? Well, you know, at the youngest, you know, in like the grade school and middle school age, it was probably the big top 40 stations there were WLOL and KDWB. KDWB is still going today as a, as a CHR. We had great rock stations too. So I grew up with KQRS, KQ92, the most influential, though, was in 1990-92, KJJO, KJ104, mm-hmm. was one of the original commercial modern rock stations when there were probably fewer than 20. And I was only in 8th and ninth grade at that time, but Perfect. that's where I heard Perfect. Yeah. the Ramones, Jane's Addiction, James, Ned's Atomic Dustbin, all those Soup oh Dragons, God. like all that stuff is what they were playing. And the original Lollapalooza lineup, too. That was just so influential to me. That station is, is kind of what inspired me to want to pick songs on the radio for people was just so much music that I found there. Counting down the hits as we do on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. We're looking at songs K-Rock played in 1985. Let's just stop for a second, calm down, cool our jets, and take a break. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast and our guest, Brad Savage. So, all right. So let's get into it already. Jeez. Okay. Stop okay. yapping. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Um, so we're going to do songs uh, 90 to 81. These were played yep. on KROQ in 1985. This is from their year end list. We'll go through it and we, we can kind of shake our head and going, what, what was going on here? Okay. So this was uh, number 90 is Dead or Alive in Too Deep which is not the Genesis song, which came out a year right. later. Uh, actually, there was another, what was it? Um, uh, some, some 41, another 
band had that in too deep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep, yep. Did you see the video? This Little Mermaid video? Yeah. You know, <laughs> so this is what's interesting because to me, I didn't know this particular Dead or Alive song. In my universe, they're kind of relegated to the one for the one hit status, you know, for Spin Me Round. And I liked this song quite a lot, but I didn't really know it as, you know, it's one of those songs that hasn't endured, which means it would be a great, surprising flashback. I could offer you a thousand things, but with a lot of them you wouldn't bother. I could buy you ten real diamond rings, but I'm sure that she would want another. I could take a plane and I could fly away. I could steal a car and I could drive away. You have brought me a lot of things, but the main one that This song it made it up to number 14 in the UK. I think people know, you know, obviously people know You Spin Me Round. And I, but I also think that people know the name Pete Burns. Like he was kind of like a, yeah, he was kind of like a, you know, like a boy George, kind of a, this, uh, this yep. unique character. Yeah. So he was an icon and he was, yeah. when you, this, this video, I mean, I always loved his look back then. I tried to, you know, emulate his look. But the hair in this one with the Aquanet, you know, hairspray, this video was awesome. <laughs> you did love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was it? Little Mermaid didn't come out till 80, 89, something like that. And this was like, it felt like it was, it was like a Disney movie. Like they were ripping off Little Mermaid, but this came out before Little Mermaid. Yeah. But this album, Youthquake, I don't know if you've, did you have this, Holly? Did you have the Youthquake? Yeah. You did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It went gold. It sold like over 500,000 in the, in the U S they yeah. were huge in my world. I, well, yeah. everything. And I had, I had not heard this song and you spin me around is not one of my, my favorite uh, dead or alive songs. But as soon as this song, cause I, I, uh, you know, watched the video, I found myself singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I didn't even remember. It just wasn't at the top of my, you know, it wasn't top of mind singing at the top of my lungs. I love this song. That's you know? So was yeah. there, did, did they also have a hit brand new lover? Is that oh, yeah. them? Yeah. That no, was that, a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so that's the other one that I kind of knew by them, but you know, it, it's funny to remember that all these bands had ongoing albums and careers. And like, even though I'm a couple of years too young to have experienced some of those, there's always more to go back and find. Yeah. All right. Here's some, this, this band was so big. This is the first song of four that are on the charts on this K rock chart. Mm -hmm. So, uh, wow. yeah. So we're going to be talking yeah. a lot about dead or life yeah. in the, the future. As we should, as we should. Yep. I mean, this is a great dance song. Were you ever spinning in the clubs? Did you do anything like that? No, not really. I, I, I always kind of wanted to, but yeah. never really got to do that. I, I DJed weddings on the side and I, 
Don't miss that. <laughs> I mean, that pays well. Yes, you can it get does. some yeah. decent money for that, but oh, it was just like it would take your whole Saturday, you know, and like, and then you had to deal with the toughest program directors in the world. Rides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why they pay well. <laughs> That's right. Got to do what yeah. you got to do. Let's go to number 89 and the catchiest of all catch-alls. This is Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves, which reached number nine in the U.S. And uh, I believe every single generation knows this song. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is an interesting group that has really prevailed. And uh, I love the film and the book High Fidelity. And uh, <laughs> there's a scene in that where Jack Black is dancing to it at the record store. Yours, I assume? Okay, buddy. Uh, I was just trying to cheer us up, so go ahead. Put on some old sad bastard music. See if I can. Gosh, we still play this on my station, especially during the summertime, on like just a beautiful blue sky, sunny summer day. You know. <laughs> Would you dare play this in January in Akron, Ohio? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, Possibly to like, to like try and annoy the, uh, you know, sometimes you have to poke fun at the weather a little bit, but yeah, probably not on the regular basis. Ironically. <laughs> yeah. yeah ironically. <laughs> ironically. You can totally do it. Yep. You know, I think of Katrina and the waves as kind of like this one hit wonder. However, kind of looking at their, their bio, they had a huge hit. Are you familiar with the Eurovision? This uh, the, in Europe, like where they find the yeah. like the best song of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, right. The it's kind of like the, the star search type show, right? Yeah, oh, but oh. songwriters submit songs and then people yeah. sing. Yeah, I mean it's huge, so, incredible. But uh, apparently, someone like Katrina and the Waves can submit a song, and this one in 1997, the song "Love Shine a Light" actually won. Oh, really? Yeah. Love shine a light in every corner of my heart. Let the love light carry, let the love light carry. Light up the magic in every little part. Let our love shine a light in every corner of my heart. This was a huge yeah. hit in the UK back in back in the 97. 
you know, of course, it doesn't cross wow. over to the U.S. A lot, a lot of people just know them as the Love Shine a Light band. <laughs> wow. Right? <laughs> See, I remember there was a song in like 88 or 89 maybe by them called That's the Way that I remember from WLOL in the Twin Cities, oh, yeah. which was, you know, later. It was probably a mid-charter. I, you know, it was probably in the 20s or 30s somewhere. Um, and I remember that song. But, uh, you know, but for sure... Walking on Sunshine is the signature tune for that band. Yeah. Number 88. This is a band, uh, Lloyd Cole and the Commotions, and a great song that I love called Perfect mm-hmm. Skin. Um, this was a debut. This is their debut album. From uh, The album was called Rattlesnakes. Are you familiar with uh, with Lloyd Cole and this song? For sure. And that's one where I credit KJ104 back in the Twin Cities, yeah. which uh, they were on air and don't get weird on me, babe, was current. So I knew they played Tell Your Sister and She's a Girl and I'm a Man. And by liking those songs, I became familiar with some of the earlier stuff, including Perfect Skin. Uh, so I knew this one, but I feel like Music people for sure know who he is, but he never really broke through in the U.S. the way that he deserved. You know, and like all this early Lloyd Cole stuff is so great. I choose my friends far too well. I'm up on the pavement, and they're all down in the cellar with their government grants. And my IQ, they brought me down to size. Academia blue. Yeah, she's a weather girl, and I'm staying up here, so I may be undone. She's inappropriate, but then she's much more fun. And when she smiles my way, my eyes go out in vain. She's got perfect skin. Yeah, just production-wise, I, I love the song a lot, and I think it still holds up. I, I... Yeah. Really yeah, cool. for sure. He's definitely got, you know, cult following people that collect all of his releases and singles and things like that, too. So that, that's one of those that, like, feel like our station, you know, our ty- especially in the non-com world, we can kind of champion artists like that, right. um, that that means something to the music people. There's there's a lot more passion to an artist like that and a wow factor, you know, when you dig out one of those songs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's, oh, that's good to know. Good to, that's, he, good to hear. Brad lives for the, uh, the oh, wow. He wants those moments. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he wouldn't be in radio if it wasn't for the oh, wows. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a song that we're going up to 87, Prince and the Revolution, Raspberry Beret. This is the second of two songs from the chart, the highest charting one. When did Prince enter your world? <laughs> well, you know, we have a, actually, it's kind of funny. Um, so I'm from Minnesota, yeah. and Prince was a thing for sure, but I was pretty young at the, at the point of those early records, so I remember being on a family vacation in Hawaii. I was probably, I don't know, six or seven, and I was already, I brought a radio and was tuning around to the Hawaii stations, and I heard this song by Prince, and I was like recording it on a cassette tape. And I ran out of time on the cassette tape. And I remember being so sad and telling mom and dad, like, 
I'll never hear this song again. I'm not, we don't have this in Minnesota. Cause at that point he wasn't played on top 40 in Minnesota. But when we got back from the trip within a few weeks, they started playing it. And that was to, you know, that's the first one I remember anyway. What, what song was it? Being, or uh, I'm sorry. When doves cry was the song oh. on, uh, in, in that example. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So a couple years earlier on purple rain, but yeah, like Prince, Prince entered, you know, there's quite a, he's a big part of the vernacular of that for anyone that grew up in Minnesota, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I was the same way, yeah. but, but yeah, I remember when I heard when doves cry, I, I practically pulled to the side of the road and like, you know, like what is happening? What is this? What is this? <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's interesting to me, was K-Rock a pretty good champion of Prince for, for those <laughs> 80s years? I mean, did they play a lot of those songs? Um, Not too much. I think Purple Rain, yeah, starting I mean, in Purple Rain, but I don't remember hearing like controversy or, or any of those. I, were, they weren't on the charts. I don't. I had yeah, I, I remember so. reading about Prince and seeing things like he you know I I heard about like he he opened up for the Rolling Stones and he got booed off the stage and so you know, like I heard I heard different things about Prince and like okay maybe this is something I need to look into and then like I you know I think it was something I really had to look for initially but then you know yeah. once 1999 struck then it was like okay I'm, then, I'm all yeah. in yeah as far as K Rock, the one standout song that I remember K Rock playing, which is how I got turned onto it, is Erotic City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was at that time where they played everything from from Prince, even yeah. Erotic City, which was a B side. Yeah. I think they got fined for that somewhere along the way. Cause I think they were playing an unedited version no, or something. He was he was he was saying I funk. Think in the beginning, it was yes. funk, not not what you think it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And like that's what's so funny. Like I'm pretty sure it's funk as well. (laughs) Yeah. So talking about funking, have you ever, uh, you know, Prince was working at the five and dime. He was, his boss was Mr. McGee. He sees this woman. He takes him, takes it, rides on his bike to old man Johnson's farm. And and then they start funking. So, you know, that's, that's what, and you know, fine. You could do that. We could play that. Yes, do you remember the cover of Raspberry Beret by the Hindu Love Gods oh, around 1990 or <laughs> yeah. so? Have you seen Prince before? Going back to Prince, did you ever we go? We did. Yeah. We did. My, my wife and I, when I lived in Virginia, he played a show in Greensboro, South Carolina, North Carolina. What? There are all those <laughs> boroughs in North and South Carolina. So we did a road trip. It was like three hours, but it was like, yeah, it was. It was Prince and Chaka Khan. Beautiful. This was like 
probably 2013 or so. And it was awesome. Uh-huh. Oh, it was great. so great. I'm so glad because I never saw him in the Twin Cities when I was growing up. You said a minute ago that Prince is part of the vernacular in Minneapolis, which yep. we know this to be the case. I'm trying to think of of here in Los Angeles. Do you think, I mean, other than like the Beach Boys, is there another band that you could associate like Prince's with Minneapolis? Yeah, I mean, Prince is like sewn into the fabric of Minneapolis. Oh, well, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of bands. I mean, we have like a lot of those bands, but you, I mean. Guns N' Roses, you ever heard of them? Oh, or, you know, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I just, I have to go yeah. to the 80s hair metal band. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's true. Did, yeah. Were you oh, into yeah. hair metal at all? Oh, yeah. I kind of skipped over that in the introduction. Okay. Yes. Like, I was way into the final years of hair metal. And, uh, you know, and and so I was in kind of middle school at that time. Perfect. Um, And and the reason I started listening to that station, KJ104, was previous to it flipping to modern rock in 1990, they were called Hot Rockin' 104, and they were playing all the hair bands. (laughs) Tired of those wimpy rock sissy oldie stations? Then welcome. This is Hot Rockin' 104 FM, and we're gonna kick some ass. And I was so annoyed when they changed formats because I was like, what the hell is the Smiths? I've never even heard of this, you know? <laughs> and eventually came to love it, of course, but oh yeah, I. I have a real soft spot for all the hard rocking and the, and the hair era in the last few years. Like I like Saigon kick a whole bunch. Oh, okay. like, <laughs> yeah. like, nice. I like them and I liked, uh, uh, you know, just all the, uh, and warrant. I was a good, good warrant fan. And funny enough, the late lead singer, Janie Lane, come to find out he grew up in Akron and started his first band here in Akron and at Kent State in Kent, which is right next to us here. Yeah. So oh. before, before relocating out to uh, Sunset Strip Sound. Yeah. <laughs> Have you made a pilgrimage out here? Only once. I've only visited once. And uh, we did go to the Rainbow. So that was pretty sweet. But I'd like to come back. I've only really spent time in L.A. that one time. Yeah, you might have to show me around. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm very happy to do that. But I love yes. that you, I bl- I love that you were only here for one time and you had to go to the Rainbow. Yeah, it was like it was like a couple of my friends were like, "We got to go see the Rainbow," and we did catch a glimpse of Lemmy sitting at the bar that Ooh. very night. Well, so it was it was it was not the a biggest star sighting. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not a rare occurrence. He he literally was just there. I mean, just playing the blackjack machine, just. Oh, like all 24 hours a day, all the time. That's Lemmy. There you go. That's, That's uh, There you go. Yep. We're talking LA. Let's move to number 86. <laughs> Cheech Marin, born in East LA, a song that was so great that they made a movie out of this. The song. Yes. Was, first came the song, then came the movie. So 1985, born in East LA. Were you, are you familiar at all with Cheech and Chong? You know? So yes, yes. And well, actually, my dad has a couple of Cheech and Chong records. <laughs> Good, so as he I, should. I was well influenced <laughs> from a young age. But yeah, and, and this was a song that I was hearing as a novelty tune on the top 40 stations at the time in, in Twin Cities. Springsteen was so big at this time that yeah. they were playing the parody. So I have this 45. Somewhere. Oh, oh, that's great. Somewhere. I still have it. <laughs> and I do recall seeing the film once. And uh, gosh, I need to look that up again someday. <laughs> right? 
Dr. Demento? Yes. Actually, so Dr. Demento <laughs> was aired on that same station on KJ104, and they even played Dr. Demento when it was hot rocking and it survived the format change. Yeah. So Dr. Demento is pretty universal. <laughs> he had some pretty hardcore fans, so yes. they would have spoken up. I mean, there needed yep. to be a home for it. Yep. I mean, the song is really good, and and the uh, it is and, pretty good, yeah. yeah. And the you know the video, the video yeah. yeah. I mean, it yep. was it's and it, unfortunately, I mean, it's still kind of relevant today. So you know, it mm-hmm. kind of holds up. The movie made seventeen million at the box office, up to like uh, the sixty fourth biggest movie of the year, in between <laughs> Shares Suspect and Masters of the Universe. So oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Are you kids in the Masters of the Universe? Have you introduced them into that that world? No, you know, no. I should, I should see. There's another one from my list. I gotta <laughs> dig that out and see how it goes over. E man, yeah, man, yep, yep. Oh. I bet they'd like it. I bet. Although, although the animation probably isn't up to par by today's yeah. standards. On that topic, it's funny because David, my older son, had a had a couple of weeks where he loved the Jetsons and he was binging <laughs> all the Jetsons episodes. But after he saw him, he kind of was over it, you know, but yeah. but I liked that it connected at least for a while. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here is a fun fact. Someone actually did this. They did the research. George Jetson was born this year. I saw a blur, <laughs> like a little, like a meme or something yes. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Born this year. <laughs> oh, what so, about Jane, his wife? No, I, you know, probably, she was probably a younger trophy wife. So yeah, maybe not yet, yeah. but. But so, you know, flying cars will be in 40 years, right? That's where we're I think that's great. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait. I know. It's it's exciting. It's coming our way. <sighs> flying cars and Rosie the Maid. Oh, it's going to be great. This has got to be the one-hit wonder of all one-hit wonders. Uh, this is Baltimore Tarzan Boy. Oh, 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 oh. Everyone knows this song. I mean, this is it's a great. Yeah. yeah it's still catchy. Like, I have that in the library on the summit. Now I don't play that regularly, <laughs> but I've dra- dragged that out for the sorry, not sorry on occasion. You know, oh, this brings that... back good memories for people, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, uh, yeah, peaked at number 13 in 1986. And these are guys from Milan, Italy, but, oh, okay. but it was, yeah, it was kind of like an international hymn, like a Mambo number five type thing where, yes. you know, like everyone yep. knows it, but you know, it was like a worldwide hit every, you know, Despacito or something, just a yeah. song that uh, just the whole world just embraced. Songs so that, like that are fascinating. Yeah. 
love those songs that, that like, you know, that people in distant countries that we wouldn't even think might be familiar with just people on the street. You know, if you travel to a place like that, that's a, that's a cultural bond right there. (laughs) Some of those pop songs. Right. Yes. No, it is. Even the, even though we're singing the words in English, they're singing them in English, having no idea what they mean. (laughs) What they mean. Or even, yeah. 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 Even if they do sing in a different language, but you can just go, Oh, 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 and everyone follows along. I love that. (laughs) Moving on to, Number 84, uh, this is Graham Parker. This is from an album, Steady Nerves, and he had the, the biggest song of his career on this record, which is, wasn't that big. It was number 39. It's, the song was Wake Up Next to You. It did okay. It was like a top 40 hit for him, which Graham joked about. Like that make, I guess that makes me a one-hit wonder because that was his only Gosh. hit. But uh, the song that K-Rock decided to play is Break Them Down, which is actually a pretty good song. I, I, I really like this one. Missionary's position is clear. Break them down. Converting the savage veneer. Break them down. And purge them of all of their sins. Break Very good song, and and the one that I was not previously familiar with. Yeah, I, I need to fill in some of the some of the catalog, some of the albums with him because I feel like I've never quite known enough about his uh, album, except squeezing out sparks. I've had yeah. I've spent a lot of time with it with that record, which I love. But some of that '80s era stuff, I need to know better. We play "Get Started, Start a Fire" sometimes oh, on yeah. the station. I have that in the library. That might I think was a couple of years after this one. He was in This Is 40. That's you right. that film? Yeah. Yeah. And Paul, yeah oh, was, yeah. And, and Paul, yeah. And Paul he, Rudd he was like the... himself as, yeah. as kind of a struggling artist, you know. That, true that to life. It was very true to life. Yeah. 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 It was kind of like a, a little insight into the music industry. Yeah. It really was. Actually, yeah, we need to go back and see that movie again. That's a good, that was a good film. Yeah. yeah a, little, a little too true sometimes. Like yes. <laughs> yeah. From the retro label Unfiltered comes the first Graham Parker in the rumor record in 30 years. When we play together, the magic was just ridiculous, and I think what we've got is just so great. What are you doing? I'm contextualizing him as one of the great figures in rock history. You can't show him in his prime in 77 and then jump straight to him as he is now. It's terrifying. You gotta reverse it. You gotta show him as he is now, very briefly, and then show him in 1977. You gotta Benjamin Button it. I know what you're talking about, okay? All rock stars are older now. Steven Tyler, David Bowie, Mick Jagger. Paul McCartney. Okay, stop it. Everybody that you are mentioning looks like an old woman now. You're just mentioning a bunch of Jessica Tandys. Keith Richard gets away with it. But that's because Keith Richards looked 70 when he was 40. And now that he's 70, he looks 69. He's regenerating. So is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like a big, big deal for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, we, you know, the mindset at our station is we love it. They're super easy to work with. We've gone to their facility to do 
interviews with certain artists, you know, mm. that are that like just have, you know, that don't have time to make the trip to Akron, but the Rock Hall is great for saying, use the studio and come on up, you know, and uh, we just did that last summer with Amethyst Kia, as a matter of fact. You know, she didn't have time to travel to Akron, but she had a show in Cleveland, and the next morning before leaving town, she really wanted to go see the Rock Hall. So we set it up to go do a sit-down interview with her there, and some photos and i love that the rock halls right here like it was a it was a big selling point for me to want to you know wanting to come to to this area i hope we can do even more with them we get some people that are like you know every time they announce a list some people are like how can they let janet jackson in she's not rock you know like i'm so tired of that like that philosophy (laughs) you know (laughs) well okay so who is your who has been snubbed that you want to see in there the big one, of course, was Akron's own Devo, who yeah. were on the ballot last year but didn't make it. And the whole city of Akron did a whole thing. Uh, they were putting up Devo, like Devo uh, statuettes and like just weird-looking Devo art sculptures around the city and everything. But I have a, I think they're going to make it in the next few years. I think they should. Yeah, they I, really should. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. kind of prompting you for that. I was like waiting for you yes. to say. <laughs> I think like there's just so much Devo love in in Akron area that to me it's almost like they almost already are you know is it like Prince in Minneapolis like you know like they own that I mean well I guess Chrissy Hind and I mean what is can you do a rock and roll tour at Akron you could say okay here's where Chrissy Hind went to school yeah you actually can I mean there's quite a bit um besides Devo and Chrissy um you know, you and the Black Keys, of course. James Ingram was from here, How is that right? and you know he grew up in this area and like went to University of Akron and things like that. And like hmm. it, he passed away a few years ago, but they renamed a street uh, as James Ingram Way in Akron. Love so uh, you know, and he's on. He co-wrote a bunch of the songs on Thriller and like worked with Michael Jackson. Yeah. So he's from here. You know, and then you've got this like kind of next tier of super cool. Akron breakout artists like Jessica Lee Mayfield and Joseph Arthur. There was also this additional kind of Akron punk thing around Devo where certain bands like the Bizarros and Tin Huey and Rachel Sweet and all these others were like coming up kind of underneath. They weren't quite as, you know, mass known as Devo, but there was definitely an Akron punk moment. In, in, in 1978, Stiff Records did a full album called the Akron Compilation. And it's a bunch of those bands, like that next tier of Akron, Ohio punk bands that got released on Stiff Records as a compilation in the UK. It's so cool. You've done your Akron research. Oh, I, yeah. I love yeah. this. I love this stuff. It was one of when I was moving all the time, that was one of my favorite things to do is like kind of research the music history stories, like stuff that broke out to some degree at least nationally from each city. Like when I was in Missouri, I discovered that Gravity Kills was from Jefferson City, Missouri. Remember them in the 90s? That's a great band. And, you know, I always knew them as a St. Louis band, but really they formed in Jefferson City, Missouri. You know, everybody had a story of how they, all the local bands wanted to get to that level, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty cool. All right. Let's go to number 83. The 80s are filled with duos. Here's a great duo Go West. It's another duo that we love. 
like Tears for Fears, Hollow Notes, Wham, all those guys. This was Go West. The song is Eye to Eye, and it reached uh, up to number 73 in the U.S. And I guess there was a dance track. It didn't feel like a dance song to me, but it's uh, it, was, it reached number 32 on the dance tracks. So I, I don't know. I, you know, obviously, Go West had some more to offer for us, but this was the song that K-Rock played. You mean other than the King of Wishful Thinking? Well, that's what yours. Well, you're thinking of Pretty Woman, but yeah, there was you know like Call Me yeah. was a song that uh, and uh, Faithful. That's a band that outside of King King of Wishful Thinking, I had never really known or spent a lot of time with. Yeah. So I might need to need to, to go back and rediscover this stuff. See, I love yeah. the K Rock history because that like. <laughs> It, it, you know, it kind of pegs me to say, like, I need to listen to these and get to know them a little more. So, yeah. So a theme yep. would be duo, 80s duos, and you could include yep. Go West. Yep. And this yeah. song, Eye to Eye. So did you give it a listen? What do you think of this song? Yeah, I I liked it. And this is another one where I just I just didn't know this one at all. But I love coming across stuff like that. Yeah. I could see it being a little bit, you know, I think dance sort of meant a different thing in the early 80s. So yeah. I guess I can see that. Yeah, it was kind of, we talked, like, there were some songs that, that felt a little more adult that uh, K-Rock yep, started yeah. playing, and, and this was definitely uh, definitely something that was more sophisticated, I guess. I guess King, you were a king of wishful. You were a pretty woman, weren't you? You were you, were you all in on that? You know what? They of of the duos, you know, of the eighties, they were not the top of my du- favorite duos list. <laughs> okay, well, what about Eye to Eye? What did you? Uh, I didn't remember this song. Not at all. So, what do you think of it? Hearing it in it's not it's Karen? it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. All right. Wow, that's very diplomatic of you. Okay. Well, Dave, what do you think? No Tarzan boy, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Or walking on sunshine. No, not at all. (laughs) Okay, so let's keep moving then. Number 82, Supergroup, The Firm, and the song Radioactive. Paul Rogers. Love, love, love it, yes. love it, love it, love it. Well, sure, you're a you're a metal guy, apparently. I'm a rocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually surprised though to see that this had been played on K Rock. Right. I would have thought it was too rock for K Rock. K Rock was like modern rock, alternative, whatever. And um, and this to me is like a KLOS song. You know. Last week, Phil Collins, Billy Don't Lose My Number was on there. Yeah. And, uh, and there, was, there was an Elton John song on there. So they were kind of testing the yep. waters, I think, kind of dipping their toes and like, all right, hey, KLS listeners, look, you know, we got this. You know, yep. you might like what we're playing now. It, I, it's in, I, I had forgotten about song and I do not remember hearing it played on K-Rock at the time, but I love this song. Well, and we're still in the 80s in this countdown, so it may not have it may have been more of a flavor or a test. You know, it may not have been right. played yeah. 
as all that much, but it was there to some degree, which is which is an interesting programming tactic. As we looked at like early eighties, they uh, you know like you could hear Rush, you'd hear Rolling Stones, yeah. you'd hear a lot of different things on on K Rock. So they they were always trying different things. I mean, yep. you look at uh, Tony Franklin, who's the bassist. I don't know if you saw the uh, the video, but he had like a, a haircut like uh, Lamal from Kaja Gugu. He had like this. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was like, okay, this is definitely in the 80s. Yep. But I like the fact, you know, like Paul Rogers and Jimmy Page playing together. That, that was kind of a interesting yeah. matchup. Well, I'm not uptight, not unattractive. Turn me on tonight. And I'm not your captive Turn me loose way paul rogers is kind of cooler than than he gets credit for like you know if you say all-time great classic rock people are gonna say zeppelin or the doors or the who or the rolling stone and like ad company is almost you know like a little further down the list and they maybe should be higher you know that vocal of his is unbelievable oh yeah voice phenomenal yeah I mean, you know, Paul Rogers, they were on Swan Song, the Zeppelin's yeah. label. Yeah. But, yes. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that, like an iconic voice, just uh, phenomenal. Yep. Still need voices like that. Chris Slade went on to drum for ACDC. You know, when Phil Rudd was in trouble, when he was, uh, you know, <laughs> if he was in trouble with the law, then they, they came, they brought in Chris Slade. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this was a very good example of a super group and a great sound, yeah. a little bit of everything. Like what, what they, you know, you, you can hear their influences. Yeah, but it's kind of cool. I like trying different things. I love, you know, are you enjoying what uh, what Robert Plant's doing now with uh, with Alison Krauss and, oh, and that stuff? Oh, I love it. Right? I think it's, yeah. yeah. I And like, to me, it was super cool that the first single off the new record is that Lucinda Williams cover. Right. Can't let go, um, yeah. Yeah, because it was just like, you know, that's a song her version of that is a gold for us. So it was kind of like instantly familiar, such a cool talking point. Right. The album's just terrific. It's, it's really, mm. yeah, I, I really think those two working together have a really special sound. So I'm glad that second album happened 14 years later. Right, you right. Know? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Two, I mean, you know, they're kind of a, another super duo right there. I love yeah. it's It's great. Yep. Yeah. I hope. And they're timeless. Yep. <laughs> They really are both of them. I, and I yeah. love that like, Robert Plant doesn't need Zeppelin. He doesn't, you know, he, yeah. you know, he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to look back. He's doing things that excite him. So that's, that's great. And I, I wish Jimmy Page would kind of pair himself up with, uh, you know, with Morrissey or something. I don't know. You right. know, just, you know, right. Exactly. You get that look, but yeah, maybe it might yeah. work. You never know. Yeah. Who knows? Try something new. I'm sure you, you know, what? Yeah. Just my two cents. Whatever. Okay. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Okay, we're we're at the uh, this is it. This is our um this the Dream Academy which uh like the Paisley Underground sound and uh this is the the Love Parade which is uh, I think it's brilliant. 
I didn't realize until I looked it up. It was produced by David Gilmore of uh, from Pink yeah. Floyd. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I know. I found the same, and I kept. I was thinking that David Gilmore. Yeah, that David <laughs> yeah, Gilmore. Right, right. Yeah. We, well, yeah, and to me, this is another one where I didn't know this song. I knew of the uh, of the, and I know Life in a Northern Town. Yeah, this is another band that has kind of been, uh, you know, relegated to just that one song. So yeah. it's cool to explore the catalog a little bit more and hear what else they were doing. Life in the uh, Northern Town made it up to number seven. And for some reason, it is not on the K-Rock chart at all. They didn't. They're like, you know what? We're not going to. I'm sure We're they played play that one. I, I know. It's too popular. We're not going to play it. They yeah. K-Rock had a lot of that attitude. So they played Love Parade, which is still a, a great song. And you, Holly, what do you think of that? Yeah, it's nice. I didn't remember it either. Oh, really? I, I, it's good. You know, I was a, a huge fan. I liked Life in a Northern Town. But this, it was good to revisit. And, the whole, and of course, you know, the whole David Gilmore thing gives you a little more of an impetus to go back and listen to it. Oh, sure. So you can hear it. Yeah. Because I, mean, I didn't know it either. Yeah. If you listen to the album, it's like an adult sound you know, a little bit. Yeah. It's a, something a little bit different. When you compare it to like Radioactive or, or something, it's like, wow, okay. They, they're yep. playing this as well. That, that's great. Yeah, did so, you like it then? Dave? I did. Yeah, I mean, I was. I love the the Paisley sound and just kind of like yeah. that kind of evoked of the '60s a little bit. You know, you yeah. got your Prince and you got the Dream Academy also doing like discover, rediscovering the '60s, and so I was I, I was all in on this. There you go. That's uh, there's our ten songs. <laughs> love it. This is a really fun show. Guys. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. All right. I so- have. Some, I, I think I know where it is. You remember W-O-X-Y, uh, oh, and 97 Cincinnati. Foxy yeah. from uh, Cincinnati. And well, they used to do the modern rock 500 on uh, Memorial Day yeah. weekend. And I have one of the, or a couple of those it's somewhere saved uh, the, uh, the archives, you know, of the 500 songs. I think I have like the 1998 or 1999 version. So I feel like I need to send that to you guys and you can do a show about that in the future. <laughs> Keep going. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. But it would take, yeah, they would do, uh, I remember listening on the internet when that was a brand new thing, you know, they would take all weekend to do <laughs> 500 song greatest alternative of all time countdown so yeah, it was fun and you were afraid of missing something and now you can yep. have anything on demand on demand <laughs> yep yep do you so yeah so you probably get listeners from all over the place now do you are you getting yeah yeah i mean most of our internet listening frequently is like they have a connection to ohio or they right. used to live here or something and you know but we're starting to get uh i think our number is like in the 
like eight or 10% range that are like beyond signal coverage, uh, you know, beyond terrestrial coverage of our signals that uh, are members that are actually subscribers to the station, yeah. which is great. That's but, great. I mean, so it really is. It's all about the brand and and what's what makes your station really memorable and special and unique and local and all of these things. So I think that for our type of stations, that's the future. You know, is building out the brand, hyper focused on on a certain locality, but also branding out beyond that. You yeah. know, and just finding your tribe, finding your tribe elsewhere. Yeah, yeah I know. That's. Uh... It is, it is crazy. I mean, it's no longer, yeah, no longer the dial. You can't think of it like yeah. that anymore. Yeah. Such a different mindset, especially for someone who grew up radio in radio, you know? Really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think like there's still an excitement though about the idea of hearing it over the air and like tuning in a signal, yeah. even, even among young people, they like that idea. I think that, I think that it's just that radio itself has done a not very good job in the past few decades, you know, of, of uh, cultivating a next generation of listeners. But I think that the idea of that broadcast, I think that's why the short wave thing is catching people's (laughs) attention. You know, like the idea of like someone listening in Madison, Wisconsin, but some dude in Peru at the same time listening to the same show. Like that's pretty cool. It's it's great. (laughs) you have like a kid's channel. There's like an HD. Well, we do. Yeah. 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 So our HD, we have Kajam radio, which is a station really hyper targeted at say about eight to 12 year olds, you know, just preteen, but before they start getting bombarded with advertising messages and like, you know, the consumerism stuff. So we just play clean, fun pop tunes, new, old and whatever. But the, DJs on Kid Jam are short messages from kids in the Akron Public Schools. Yeah. Our license is held by Akron Public Schools, so we work with a couple of the different schools, but one school in town in particular called Miller South has kind of like a drama-type program, and so we get a bunch of their kids recording messages about, you know, just exercise or eating right or being healthy or not being a bully or what to do if a bully comes after you, you know, or like things like that. And it's, it's kind of a fun thing. It, it makes us look good to the public school system, you know, that, that holds the license. So it's good. Yeah, that's And cool. you're cultivating the next generation of jocks. We hope so. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Although when we do get student tours or things like that, because our studios are actually at one of the high schools. Like we're not directly in the building, but we're connected to the building. And But it's funny when we, when we give the tours, like I said, they're interested in radio and like, you know, talking over the air and how that all works. But they're also interested in the technology and like, how do you send the signal and like, you know, or Amazing. Like social yeah. media stuff or what video yeah. do you guys do, you know? So it's kind of interesting that it's expanded. It used to be people dreamed of being the ones to talk on the radio. I know yeah. I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, we still do find some of those people, but really all the different facets of the technology is a big part of it now. Yep. That's so funny. That's such yeah. a huge LeBron's from around there. Does, yes. Have you seen yeah, And he, and you know, he was playing, well, I was here for a couple of years when, you know, when he was still with the Cavs and the, and the big year that they won in, uh, in 2016, but yeah, LeBron grew up in Akron and still maintains a residence here. Although I think he mostly is based in LA now. 
And like he's done a lot. Like, yeah, he still has you know, like a, with the school, right? This area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, so the school, the I Promise School, yeah. uh, is also part of the Akron Public Schools, which holds our license. So okay. I'd like to do do more uh, on, on the uh, shoulders of the LeBron story, you know, and like maybe he can do a, a weekly radio show someday. How cool would that be? <laughs> you got to work on that. I know. That's... You would think. It doesn't seem so far-fetched. <laughs> it doesn't, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's probably just time and everything. But I mean, maybe he'd do a, a monthly special. We've also approached Mark Mothersbaugh with that idea, by yeah. the way, too, of like a, uh, well, he, he a, wrote a monthly r- radio special. He so. wrote Rug, Rugrats. That's him. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, and I, I, you know, and and the nice thing about being a public radio station like that is uh, I I was able to say, just create your love song mixtape to your hometown, like no parameters at all. Like you can play whatever you want. So might might be time to knock on his door again (laughs) sometime soon here. (laughs) Got to do that. That's, yeah. All right. So plug yourself. When when do we hear you, Brad Savage on the air? When when are so when? yeah. So I'm on from three to eight, three p.m. to eight p.m. Uh, Eastern time, uh, weekdays. So each weekday afternoon, and uh, we do a local music. Our area code is three three zero. So at three thirty p.m. we do a local feature every day, and right. uh, and then my sorry not sorry flashback is at four p.m. every day. So. Yeah, each uh, each weekday afternoon and various special programs and weekend type stuff and whatever. So it's a labor of love for sure. <laughs> so when I so when I'm yelling at Alexa, do I say "Play the Summit" or do I say play, "WAPS"? You say "Play the Summit Radio," and it seems I, I think you can now. I think it works now if you just say "The Summit," but just to be safe, we say "Play the Summit Radio." That'll bring her on in. Okay. So, All right. I'll have to. Do... In. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. All right. Take care of your kids, Brad. Why are you ignoring <laughs> them? I mean, come on. Great. Holly, it's nice to meet you. So nice to meet I've you. Known, I've known of you for a while. I've heard of you <laughs> years past. So it's nice to meet virtually. And David's so good to reconnect. Again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the reason I'm doing this, just so I can reach out to everybody that I exactly, love. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. It right. was really fun to have you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. So yeah. Well, much. Yeah. So Brad is a huge music geek. That was, he's a music nerd, but I'd like to think of him as a radio nerd. Just uh, geek out about songs that were played back in 1985. I love how much he loves radio and I love how much he loves music. And it's always nice to hear somebody when they're surprised when you throw a forgotten song at them. Somebody who knows so much about music. It's almost like you, ah, I did it. I exposed someone to something new. The main reason we... I do this is because I like to reach out to my friends and have them come on the podcast. I also love to hear their take on these these long forgotten songs and wonder if uh, if they're relevant still. And I, I think a vast majority of these songs that we listen to were still very memorable and and wonderful. We talked for a while. Some of the stuff that we talked about uh, it might not be on our podcast, but there's other ways to hear stuff that we talk about. Uh, isn't that right, Holly? There absolutely is. There will be outtakes on our YouTube channel. So just search for What Difference Does It Make Podcast. Also, we'll be posting some of the outtakes and, and little bits and pieces on all our social media at WDDIM Podcast. So subscribe. Thanks again. We're going we're gonna to continue our countdown with who knows who. I don't know. We'll see because we have new episodes every Friday. Your guess is as good as mine at this time, <laughs> at this juncture. But it'll be fun. Uh, For sure, it will be fun. It will be. We're all about the fun. So until our next fun-filled episode, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.
What difference does it make as a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.